Hello fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Thanks for joining us. Everett, how are you? Gosh darn, I'm so good. I uh I've had a I've had a fun gear acquisition week. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Yeah, I really have. You know, uh I started off the week and we talked about this last week, but started off the week getting my Emperor Diver. This watch that we've been waiting for now for 18 months or or thereabouts, about a year and a half. Uh for those of you that don't know, we've talked about this I think on the show, but a bunch. <laughs> We'll talk about it again. We for sure talked about it when you had the prototype. Oh, that's right. So, uh, Watch You Seek, the, one of the most prolific watch forums, does their F71 affordable diver, or their F71 watch projects. So, the F71 is the affordable forum, and they do project watches every number of years. And this 2017 HCAD proposed a, a project watch, which was a sort of svelte retro or or vintage style diver you know that's vintage versus retro i I think we use vintage in the watch world incorrectly sometimes i think vintage is something that's actually old and retro something that's like old and maybe i'm wrong about this in my head retro is retro and vintage are time periods of the past i think retro is in my head when i think of it I would think of retro as near past versus vintage being well past. Like retro is the shit that my dad wore. Vintage is the stuff that my grandpa wore. <laughs> Interesting. I don't. I, I that's don't just know. in I've my head. That's that. that's made yeah. up. Well, but that's how I think of it. You, you know, realistically, we're probably both partially right, partially wrong. But uh, so that's this uh, retro style. Uh, we've called it the Emperor Vintage Diver. Um, you guys have seen pictures of it, I'm sure, or or, or if you haven't, uh, do a Google for the HCAD Emperor Diver. Um, if, if you haven't seen a picture of this watch, there's a good chance you've seen a picture of its cousin, which is the EMG Nemo Diver. Uh, EMG, so I'm going to caveat this uh, vignette because I don't know all the details here. I've spoken with Ed about this, and we've talked about this on the show, but... My understanding is that when we were trying to get enough people to buy into the Emperor Diver, we were just falling short in numbers. But HK Ed, being a, a, a seller of watches and being connected to uh, a couple of companies, both his own and the EMG company, s- decided, you know, we can we can soften the blow of these short orders. You know, because you, when you order things uh, from an OEM, there's minimum order quantities. And so we were struggling to get to those numbers. So... I believe what happened is, in an effort to mitigate that that possible damage, EMG said, well, we'll just take these elements and make our own watch. So <clears throat> EMG designed and has now produced their Nemo Diver, which I think is going to wind up being one of the best watches of 2019. Um, and we'll talk about that later uh, a, a little bit more for, for reasons that will become apparent soon. But... So, so if you haven't seen the Emperor Diver, you've probably seen the Nemo. These watches aren't particularly similar. I mean, if you look at them, you, you wouldn't look at them and say that they're the same. I mean, there's some notable differences. But they are close cousins. They share a case. They share a wonderful Beads of Rice bracelet, a now award-winning Beads of Rice. If you listen to 
two Broke Watch Snobs annual awards, they gave the ENG Nemo the best beads of rice bracelet for 2018. So big, big time awards right there. Yeah, that's a win. <laughs> I think their their awards were a little tongue in cheek and they kind of they throw the watch out. Right. <laughs> I'll take it, though. I'll take you can keep the bracelet. I'll take the watch off your hands. It's not a big deal. Well, and it really is uh, a superlative bracelet i mean beads of rice or, or anything else it's it's by a, a fairly wide margin the nicest bracelet i own um n- not only in terms of quality but but also in comfort and, and the beads of rice lends itself to being a really wearable comfortable bracelet um but you, you know we, we've talked about this we won't rehash a ton uh it's just fantastic i'm super excited about it we've posted a couple photos of that watch on the on the instagram this week and uh, there's going to be many more to come. I'm, I'm so enamored by just about everything there is to, you know, of just about everything about this watch. I'm really in love. So it is a really great bracelet. I'm wearing it right now. Crazy comfortable, right? I mean, yeah. it's so flexible. It's just, uh, it's soft without being soft at all. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, it feels like a leather or something, you know? Yeah really wonderful and, and you know I, I suppose maybe milanese or, or shark mesh even might be softer or have a softer feel but this has that real structural look but also has a jewel reappearance with those all those facets and the comforts just out of this world and the clasp on this bracelet is something else it is the absolute thickest closure i've ever seen well, right. And so it, it does add a little bit of bulk to the bottom of the watch. Um, I talked to Ed. I think it counterweights the watch nicely. I think it, that it keeps it from rolling. I think you're probably right. You, you know, I talked to Ed about this a, a little bit this week, and I, I had sort of sh- shared the opinion that I, I'm not sure it actually totally fits with the overall aesthetic of the watch um, because it is it is pretty substantial. But I'll tell you, it, it's worth it. Uh, it. It's such a nice, well-executed bracelet. Uh, it, all the clicks are really, are really sharp. great. Um, it snaps in really nice, and it is substantial. I mean, it, it's all the machining is phenomenal. It's it's fantastic. Uh, but it is, a, I mean, in terms of this watch, the overall aesthetic of this watch is really very refined and thin. Uh, and, and that buckle is not those things. I mean, it is refined, but certainly not thin. It, it's a it's a beefy clasp. So, um, you, you know, I I told Ed, gosh, if I if I had to pick something to criticize, it might be just a, that imbalance. But I mean, I'm not really criticizing, and I'm just I'm really you're, gr- you're grasping at straws. Y- yeah, that's like this right. twenty dollar bill is got a wrinkle on the edge, right. and this is <laughs> unacceptable. I'm sending it back. So or to me. You can send it to me. So yeah, got that, man. And now I'm just going to wear it. And, you know, it's one of very few. And, you you know, I suspect this is going to be one of those watches that uh, everybody had the opportunity to buy. Um, A lot of folks didn't buy it. And I will say there are a few few of these left. So check out EMG's website. Uh, Oh, no, they're on HK Ed's website, his new website. Uh, There are a few of these left. And and I don't know how long they'll be there, but, but certainly check them out. 350 bucks is a goddamn steal i'm tempted for this watch you, you know it, it's one of those things the timing is hard sometimes right mm-hmm. it, i want that watch i i i would pay for that watch i just can't pay for that watch right now so especially with emg doing another run of their um of the dl63 
That's going to be a hard decision for me to make. Yes. What's that DL63 coming in at? Um, This new one, they're they're dropping in um, Dome Sapphire and the ST1901 um, coming in at 375. Oh, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, but I can't buy both. Well, we were talking about this last night over text. You just can't buy all the watches. Uh, and you certainly can't buy all the watches right now. No, that's right. But you know what I did buy? And I and I would happily buy again. The SSB031. Fuck, it's so good. It's as it, it absolutely lived up to everything I was hoping it would. This bezel on it, it, like, one of the things that drew me to it was just the way the bezel reflects light yeah. in photographs. And it absolutely does that in person. This thing is... It, well, and it does look ceramic. We talked about this when when we talked about this last. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's just incredible. But I will say it's a little bit chunkier than I expected it, it to be. It is a little bit taller than I expected it to be. But it doesn't wear like it is. No, it, it doesn't. And the bracelet's really comfortable. Uh, nice feeling. It's a little, a little squeaky. A little squeaky. I, uh, I haven't put it on a, anything but the bracelet yet. But I've, I've worn it a ton this week. I think I wore it every day. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't look like it got a beer bath. No, I didn't either. So everyone won. <laughs> how's your uh, How's your illness coming along? Pretty good. I think I sound much better. I still got a little bit of a bit of drainage. You know, when that like you get sick, it just feels like it takes forever to, for your body to just finally to evict the all of the all the shit that was living inside of you. Sure. Um, but good. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. Your voice has recovered. Yeah, I can drink beer. I never stopped. Maybe that was part of the issue, but <laughs> yeah, great. And we are drinking beer. I, I don't know that we're drinking nice beer tonight. And it's a superior light beer. It is. It is a superior light beer. And you know how I know that? It says it on the can. It says it on the can. So we're drinking Michelob Ultra, and I've got to admit to you guys, um, I, I've been, uh, I've been roped into doing a a keto diet. The ketogenic diet, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, I don't know a ton about it yet. I'm learning as we go. I'm sort of we're we're building this plane in the air because you know there's only so much preparation you can do. One of the things we learned to make a podcast was you, you prepare to an extent, but the best way to do it is just to start, take off, and then build the landing gears as you fly. Right, exactly. So build the plane in flight, as the saying goes. And and we've done that a little bit with this keto diet. You know, figuring out. Gosh, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we eat? So it's been interesting. Uh, you, you know, everybody's body reacts a little bit differently from what I have mm-hmm. understood. And my body has acted a little violently. Uh, well, when you cut out bread, for the most part. I mean, just about all carbs. Mm-hmm. And, and and you're really eating a lot of fat, too. So I did pure carnivore for a week. Uh, and the whole pre- the, the premise of pure carnivore is... is one step. I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling what you're about to say, but keep going. It's one step beyond keto, okay. in, in terms of the dietary restrictions, such that you're eating only high fat meat, uh, animal products like eggs and cheese. I did it for a week, and I was staring down another dinner of steak and eggs. <laughs> can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I just <laughs> I need I need more variety. So I I should have rather than just quitting and going back to eating spaghetti and garlic bread, should have gone towards. A keto like which is allowing for a lot more diversity in your diet but yeah. instead well, i just went back to spaghetti and garlic bread 
Right. Because <laughs> those are great things. They're amazing. Uh, you, you know, one of the things that's happened to me is I've been craving um, like leafy vegetables or, or uh, broccoli. I had this craving for broccoli. That's weird. It's super weird, especially for me. You know me well enough to know that's not something that happens to me. So it's a better craving than spaghetti, for instance, which is not to say that I haven't craved carbs, but it's been pretty mild at this point. But I had this intense urge for leafy greens, which makes me think that maybe there's some sort of vitamin imbalance, or or at least there was. I, I've really upped my, my green and vegetable intake, and I think that's helped. It hasn't helped the violence of my digestive tract, but it will. It will. We'll get there. So I, I understand everything all in good time. That stuff cures itself. So, uh, yeah, we're drinking Michelob Ultra, so fuck it. Low carb, low calorie. <laughs> if you got to drink low carb. Shit, man. This this isn't the worst thing you could do. No, it's it's tasty. Uh, 95 calories, 2.6 carbs. We could drink like, like 30 of these. Yeah, and not even be drunk. <laughs> uh, well, maybe. We might get there. Uh, so, yeah, the other thing that I got this week... And and those of you who follow the Instagram will see it. I got my macro lens for my Nikon, and it looks good. You, you know, I, I was looking for a, I was looking for a macro lens, and I buy all my lenses used. I don't buy them all used, but I, but but by and large, I, I like the savings you get in a used lens. You know, glass, the well taken care of glass will last forever, and so I look for used lenses. But I also look for quality lenses. You know, the the new newest lenses have a lot of advantages um you, you know new nikkor lenses oftentimes have you, you know their ultrasonic zoom motors they've got vibration reduction or their, or their vr you know or image stabilization is mm-hmm. what some, some companies some companies call that um, but with a macro lens in particular uh by and large if you're zooming up close you're using manual and i think you and i for all of our watch shots are using for the are, most part yeah. are, are using manual um, that really what I wanted to get was a really sort of purpose watch shot or, or perhaps product shot lens. Um, I, I picked up a used Nikkor 105mm 2.8D. Uh, if, if you know these things, you'll know that that D lens it has been out of production for a number of years. Uh, I think 2007 or 2009, one of the two that Nikon stopped making it, so they don't have them new anymore. They've subsequently released their newer 105mm 2.8 lens. I think it's the the VR, um, which has vibration reduction. So this lens is older technology. It's uh, n- not their modern style, but it's a metal case, uh, you, you know, metal-bodied lens. Uh, it looks good. It feels great in the hand. It's a little clunky because of the way that the cams are driven. Uh, so you can it, it rattles a little bit when you pick yeah. it up, but that's that's to be expected. That that was expected, and um, but it's this older lens. I got this thing for like two hundred and thirty bucks. That's a steal. It's incredible. And it looks, whoever had it before you took really good care of it. Just looking at it now, it it looks like it could have come out of the box. Yeah, well, and the threads on the mount are all in really good shape. The there's not a there's not a single scratch on it. Uh, yeah, I mean it's been. It's been babied. Someone did not throw it in a drawer. Well, I'm promptly going to ruin all the care that they've taken. Let's do it right now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I- I'm excited about that. It's been a good week. Anything else for you? No, I missed the new year. You you missed it? No, I mean, you were there with me. It, it is a new year. <laughs> I thought you said you missed it. And I was like, no, I, I mean, were you, on, were you on drugs? I was there with you. Champagne hits me. It gets me weird. Uh <laughs> But no, I, I, I was there, present, as were you. You didn't miss it. No, I was present for it. It is a new year. But so it is a new year. Happy 2019. 
you know, when I published Thursday's episode, uh, I wrote it 2019 into the metadata on the on the MP3. And that felt kind of cool. I haven't had to write the date yet, but I know I won't get it right until June. Right. <laughs> until October. Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> it's time to start cycling through. Yeah. You, you, I, I don't think I've messed it up yet, which is nice. But you, you know, I do You've a lot of like three days this week. Well, that's true. But but you know, I make a lot of documents for my for my living. But most of those documents for now, the last three or four weeks, have been oh yeah, documents that were going to be executed in the new year. So I've I've already sort of gotten in the habit. Um, I, I don't know if I'm all the way there yet, but it feels like I'm a little closer. What are you looking at? There, was I was just looking at the case back of the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, right? It's so it's great. an engraved case back. I, I mean, guys, if you if you are curious at all, go check out HKS website. Once these are gone, people are going to want them. So, um, and, and you know, the Emperor Diver is a nice little segue to what we're talking about today. So, it is, yeah. You, you know, we I haven't was... been off topic this whole time. We just you just thought we were. <laughs> We've been on perfectly on topic. You know, I always feel like this is an announcement we make. Like they're waiting with bated breath about what we're going to talk about even though it's titled right. they know eventually that we're going to get to it hopefully one of these days we should just title it something and then never get to it like wait till ten twenty three when we announce our topic uh, yeah so we are talking this week about skin divers uh as the uh, episode four five four i think in our watch type series we did field watches we yeah. did pilots watches we yeah. did racing chronos so this is episode four of it okay so there we go so episode four of our watch type series, uh, and I don't know, we, we haven't really discussed how long the series is going to go. It seems like we're maybe reaching a natural breaking point, which is to say we might take a pause and yeah, maybe move on to some other stuff at some point here. Sprinkle but, some more in eventually. Yeah. You, you know, this is, uh, I mean, we're, we're sort of in a, this is sort of a weird week, and, and I'm not sure we knew this when we started, or we had talked about it when, when I proposed this topic. You know, Skin Divers is not necessarily a watch category, uh, at least not today. Uh, it, it's not a watch category like it was back in the 60s or the 70s, perhaps. It was the hardest for me to find, episode that we've done to find modern affordable examples or or modern examples for that matter that was a a bit of a stretch because it seems like going back into the into the history of what a skin diver is it was a basically an ask of the skin diving community to strip divers of all their ultra tool functionalities and just give a stripped bare lightweight dive watch that also looks good right um, which to me kind of feels like most modern dive watches, right? Because <laughs> nobody's nobody's by and large scuba diving with these things, uh, modern dive watches. So so it seems like there's a similar overlap. But I do think that a lot of folks want, you know, these real toolish yeah. uh, dive watches, which is cool. But that's not a skin diver. You, you you know, I've sort of created, I think, mentally in my imagination or just in my. Uh, thought process thinking about this what i think maybe the evolution of the skin diver was but i've based that on on what skin diving was skin diving is a sport that i think is it's maybe a little bit of an antiquated term um i'm not sure people really skin dive or, or i know that there's skin diving groups but i think it's something that happened in the 60s and 70s uh as sport and i think that that's less now i mean i think snorkeling still qualifies as skin diving doesn't it well, I, I think they're a little bit different. I think skin diving is the act so of free diving. 
it's it's like a hybrid right so it's usually done with a snorkel but it's the actual act of sort of going underwater as you're snorkeling to um investigate things closer and to observe things closer so it's done with goggles right like, like as if you're snorkeling and um they do make some some manufacturers make sort of skin diving specific snorkels that are easy to clear um but yeah so it's it's a a, a hybrid between free diving and skin diving and this is often done in you know, perhaps just bathing trunks or uh, a swimsuit, uh, maybe in a, a warm area. Suits. Birthday suits, man. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, I, I'm imagining vacationers who have this fairly sleek watch that doesn't need, you, you know, doesn't need 200, 300, 8 billion meters of water resistance, um, but still has, you, you know, maybe a, a, a bezel, a, a rotating dive bezel. Something uh, they can wear during the day after they leave the beach yeah that's right you know if you're on vacation maybe you want to take this thing and throw on a blazer or a linen blazer or whatever and go out to dinner and still have it look acceptable as opposed to you know a big ploprof or something uh you know something like that so so Im imagine what a skin diver is i think that there's you, you can reach back to that now and you can tell me what you think about this because i think that there is this colloquial idea of a skin diver being maybe a, a lighter smaller um, perhaps less water resistant or less toolish dive watch but there's also a thing that i refer to that's a very specific style of watch uh called a skin diver which is a 70s style watch with that arched main case the squared integrated or not integrated but semi-integrated lugs uh, that, that when I think skin diver, I think of that. I don't think there are very many, if any, modern versions of that skin diver. I, I, I think you're right. I think that that style of watch carried with it all the characteristics we talked about. It's not going to be big. It's going to be... It's not going to be big because it's going to be veering towards a dressable watch. It's going to be stripped bare of all of its tools. It doesn't need 300 meters of water resistance because a human doesn't have 300 meters of water resistance in, in their lungs. I mean, obviously, like skins, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're going to be moving towards a dressier, still functional watch. Uh, but I think this gave way to the modern dress diver. Yeah. And I think that's why looking at looking for modern examples, you're going to have to dig deep. And they're going to be not nearly as they're going to be not nearly as um, ubiquitous or permeated through the the culture. I think I think skin divers have kind of phased out. I, I, I mean, if if we're looking at styles of watches, I mean, the fifty five millimeter pilot's watch has also phased out, sure, because it's it's lost its necessity, but it's also just kind of gone out of style. And I think that skin diver was the genesis of. The modern desk diver yeah no i think that that's i think that's a super fair i think that's a super fair comparison you know we i don't know that we argued but earlier in the week we had a back and forth in fact we probably talked about this topic more than we have any others because i think we were both a little stumped like a little bit yeah what is this do we know what it is uh we were struggling and i don't know that we even do we can <clears throat> we can draw up some examples yeah but does anybody really know because it's also it's another really ambiguous term that in the true to style original skin divers what you're looking at is a dressy ish yeah relatively small and those really and not you know in excess really of 300 meters of water resistance so you're not getting any of the tool functions of a dive watch 
Well, and and in trying to figure this out, I think we you had said you know I think maybe the Dan Henry nineteen seventy and the forty millimeter iteration is a skin diver. And I said I don't know. That's a super compressor. I think they're different. And he said, well, I think it fits. I don't think you can, besides the fact that, that it's a super compressor style case, I don't think you can tell me why it doesn't fit. And, and, and I, I ultimately think I agreed with you there. We, what we did is we reached out to you folks by yeah. way of Instagram and said, hey, you know, what do you guys think? What are your favorite modern skin divers? And I'll tell you, I was amazed by the responses. You know, we got a lot. W- quick. With, with the exception of a, a couple of these responses, um, they were sort of what you'd expect out of a dress diver. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I think if we had substituted the term skin diver or dress diver for skin diver, we'd got similar responses. Very here. similar responses, I think. Somebody came up with the the scurfa. I think the very first response we got was scurfa. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I assume they mean the scurfa diver one. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't even remember who proposed that, and I don't mean to call anybody out. Um, on one hand, I guess I can see it. I think that that watch is elegant. It's appropriately sized. But I also think it's it's almost uh, the opposite of a skin diver. That's a purpose-built tool diver. But it also, I mean, beyond that, so, so why it was built. Because all these, all these watches are purpose-built divers. Why is it not? The you know, size is right. I don't know. I don't know if maybe it's as refined as what we've talked about. I think I think that could be the only exclusionary characteristic is that it's not as refined as the other watches that come to mind or have have kind of percolated out during the discussion well and i think i'll I'll sort of go through here um so so just we we don't need to read through these Mm -hmm. in detail but um zodiac seawolf came up and i think zodiac seawolf very much fits that's a 39 or maybe a 40 39 40 it's this beautiful very refined dive watch the Yima Heritage Superman, mm-hmm. super cool watch. It's got that, I don't, I don't know what it is, but that indicator on the bezel uh, looks like it rotates, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe it stays put and the bezel rotates. Anyway, if you haven't checked that watch out, super cool. Ball Skin Diver, which is kind of a spendy watch, but yeah. obviously they, they think it's a skin diver. And certainly it's a, it's a heritage reissue of their old skin diver. Christopher Ward C65 Trident Diver. Such yep. a freaking cool choice. That's kind of a new watch from Christopher Ward, and it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. If you haven't checked them out. I hadn't seen it, and I had to look it up when I saw it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> look at you. You should come home with me tonight. Uh, I, these are the one, the only guys that I name-dropped when, when we reposted these. But Two Broke Watch Snobs said the Vostok Amphibia. Um, and, and I think, you know, I kind of joked and said, you know, folks are going to get their pitchforks, uh, re- referring back to Skunkworks criticism of our choice for the Commodore ski. But it so fits. It totally fits. And, and it fits in the same exact way that a Commodore ski fits as a field diver, uh, or a field watch, you, you know, these, these Vostok, some of them are, are very, um, simply sized, you know, or very conservatively sized. Um, you, you know, I said, gosh, I think the 420, 110, and 120 would yep. all, all maybe, uh, qualify. And if you leave them on that Vostok, di- that Vostok bezel, you, you know, it's a polished steel bezel. Certainly they're dressy enough. I, I think for some people, maybe a little too blingy, uh, but it's a great choice. Squala 1521, really interesting choice. Squala being one of these originators of mm-hmm. the skin diver type and, and certainly Squala's 20 Atmos case was used by tons and tons of Swiss manufacturers. I think they were the they were the ones <clears throat> providing cases during uh, one of the one of the ones providing cases um, during the skin diver explosion. That's right. That's right. So um, Hoyer certainly provided some, and they were maybe one of the biggest names. Squala also. 
uh, a, a fairly big name providing these. Uh, also, a Swiss company called Monin, which is a company I haven't heard of and maybe I need to look into more because it seems like there may be a sort of uh, epic, one, one of these really legendary companies. Uh, and I may be mispronouncing that, apologies. But also, epic? How could you mispronounce that? Uh, no, Monin. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, and also EPSA famously, you know, yeah. you know EPSA provided the world with ca- with dive watch cases for years and years and years. So, um, y- y- yeah, Squala was was right in there. If not if not the most ubiquitous skin diver case, certainly right in there. So that Squala fifteen twenty one, also a little bigger, forty two millimeters, mm-hmm. certainly fits that mold. And it's it's based on that iconic uh, square lug. I, I mean, really fits. And in fact, I think that Squala fifteen twenty one might be the closest modern iteration. Oris Diver 65, great choice. Mm-hmm. Outside of my price range. Most um, of these are outside of my price range. Most of them are too, yeah. I, I mean, that was the thing. So we got these responses and I was like, gosh, I'd love it. But uh, the Seiko SLA-017, which is a very expensive watch. They also made the SBP-051053 iterations, which are a more affordable uh a, a more affordable version of that SLA, which, which mm-hmm. is that 62 MAS homage. Um, notice retrospect. Yep. Rado Captain Cook. Super cool watch. Very expensive. Not familiar with it. Uh, the Rado Captain Cook? Mm-hmm. Oh, check it out. It. It's gorgeous. Uh, maybe I'll pull it up here in a second. This new Baltic diver, the Aquascaf, mm-hmm. fits. Totally fits. Um, and the one I find most interesting and most compelling of all these suggestions we got, uh, a couple folks suggested this, was the Helios Seaforth. Mm-hmm. That is maybe, in my mind right now, the best option for a semi-affordable, you, you know, they come in 700 750 Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, certainly it's, it's right in there um, as being one of the best options for most affordable or, or, or affordable true skin diver those watches are beautiful every time i see one i think god dang and i think it seems to me like jason and halios have sort of caught up to the demand and they're they're a little a little bit better prepared to handle the the amount of volume they've gotten i I don't know that you could go to halios website right now and buy one i still think that they're on pre-order uh i think you're right about that i looked recently uh, and and probably going to sell out very quickly once they're available but Great choice. If you're comfortable with pre-order type deal, I think I think it's a fantastic way to go. Six fifty, so, or or maybe even more than that. Six fifty, seven fifty. Every time I've looked, so I, I think that's a little bit outside of the price range of watches that we we really like to bring you. So great choice. I'm not sure it totally fits our our motif. So, but what this did was help us frame out what other people think of as skin divers. Because this was hard for me in that a. I had trouble really clearly defining a skin diver against a non-skin diver. Obviously, some are going to immediately stand out and say, I'm not a skin diver. And some kind of, they, they flirt with it. And some are like, I, I think you, I think you fit. I think, I think you work. Right. And, and to that end, maybe that Dan Henry, 1970, 1970? Yeah the that 40 millimeter version is a is a perfect example. it's refined it's i think i got about 200 200 meters of water resistance sounds right it it's a small case i would have no qualms wearing it 
to the beach in the water and then getting out of the water, getting dressed and going to dinner. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's seem that's to me the identity of a skin diver. It, yeah. No, I think that's right, and I think we both sort of came to that same conclusion. So, well, I, I think that's a good, probably a good time to maybe jump right into choices. We, I know we each picked a couple. Um, what would you have first? Let's uh, let's start with the um, Nizumi. The Nizumi okay. Studios Baleen reference BA one one zero one, and these come in at um, forty millimeter case, fourteen millimeters thick, and they're four hundred eight eight dollars and ten cents coming to the United States. And they are I I mean they're they're clearly a a vintage inspired watch. Yeah, with the very deliberately vintage coloring on it. This feels, this says... I will say no vintage loom. No vintage loom, but this says 70s watch to me. Which I say, I think that's a, an advantage, no vintage loom. Yeah, no, very 70s. Very 70s. Uh, and it's, uh, I mean, <clears throat> the coloring on it is, it, it, it doesn't look patinaed, but it looks, I, I don't know how to describe it. It, like, it's not quite gold, nor is it brass. It's like kind of a bronze tone. Yeah, to kind the of whole bronze thing. toned. Uh, accents to it a, a really really well polished just just bright bezel on it um a really simple design but very very elegant super elegant i love the twisted lugs you, you know twisted lugs are are one of my very favorite features possible on a watch and, and there's a couple of really great watch modern watches that have twisted lugs uh, obviously omega's famous for its mm-hmm. twisted lugs um bernhardt does twisted lugs on on a couple of its versions um the one of a, a prior watch you seek project watch the um commander 300 which is is a seamaster homage made by nth made by chris vale and nth watches is one of those watches that i always regret the fact that i didn't pick up when it was available twisted lugs you, you know it, it's such a cool interesting look um and, and adds refinement in, in a way that's that's maybe not what you expect. They're done really interesting here. They're thin. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not very prominent. They sort of hide under that bezel. This is a great option, dude. And it, and it, it's it's definitely a saver watch. It's a watch that you can't buy today. I mean, you can buy it today. If you can buy it today, I I would recommend it. I think, and then send it to me. Um, <laughs> Let us borrow it for the next three years. <laughs> but this is a watch. If you're looking to buy, if you're looking to get into a a smaller sized very vintage looking very elegant diver this to me absolutely fits the bill and with the sizing on it i i feel like this is a skin diver i feel like it touches everything that to me from how i think of a skin diver it it checks every box yeah no i i I can't criticize you there uh it is it does have some brushing on it which i don't think is is um an eliminating feature uh, a really fantastic watch, great choice. Uh, I don't, I don't know what else you can even say about it. That it, the gold hands, I think, really add to the refinement, mm-hmm. and and probably add to the wearability outside of uh, outside of outdoor activities. I, I think if we're going to Mexico. This would be a super cool watch to bring to Mexico. <laughs> we could have it delivered right in Mexico. Yeah, and then wear it on the beach. Do you think it's cheaper if we buy it in Mexico? I, I, de- I mean, we might be able to find a, something that's close to it in Tijuana for. We're not going there, though. <laughs> we could stop. It's not. I mean, it's it's sort of on the way, but not really. 
No, you're right. It's not at all. Uh, yeah, super cool. Uh, love it. And they, Nozomi as a, as a company makes some really, really beautiful watches. Just refined, very vintage feel without being ostentatious about them. Yeah. They're just so classic. Um, you, you know, when we were prepping for our for our Racing Chrono episode, we talked about both the Lowe's or the Lowe's um, mm-hmm. chronograph and the Voiture chronograph. Uh, both of these are obviously race-inspired chronographs, and they're beautiful. Uh, that Lowe's or Lowe's has this really vintage red and blue markings on the case or, or at least some, one of them does it's like a rounded out monaco as you think when you think of a monaco yeah. you think of the blue you think of the blue dial monaco because i feel like everyone does but i maybe i'm wrong in that but that's what i'm imagining when i see it that color scheme looks like a rounded out monaco yeah but no great great choice i i, I think I think you could do a lot worse than this one. And at 400 bucks, it's it's not a super cheap watch, but it's it's a reasonably priced watch. It's a yeah, you if you plan for it, this is a this is a watch you could buy in this year. You could buy it in 2019. So my first watch is the uh we've talked about it already today, but it's the EMG HKED/EMG Nemo Diver. Uh this is for sale for I think it's still still on pre-order. Probably set to ship in February or March, is my understanding. I've seen some photos of some in the wild. There, so they're already shipping them. Um, gosh. In fact, somebody's selling one on Watch You Seek right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. So they are out in the wild. Yeah. You, you know the the price on these is, is a little bit more than the Emperor, but these are are for profit watches. Um, I don't want to say these are four fifty. It doesn't say that. How much it is here? That sounds right to me, though. Right, right around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a forty millimeter, forty-seven lug to lug, super wearable, thirteen and a half millimeters thick. Uh, one of the biggest differences between the EMG Nemo and the Emperor is the movement. So the Emperor has the NH thirty-five. You know, we built this by committee. Um, at the end of the day, the folks that had bought in were were interested in saving saving money where they could, and I think that the NH thirty-five is such a fantastic movement the folks like gosh we'd really love to save that money the nemo has a 9015 or the um what what is it the 90s5 which is which is like a 9015 without a date window movement which is famously thinner Mm -hmm. it's uh 28,800 beats per hour movement uh so so a, a little bit a little bit more refined and this is a thin watch anyway so to make it make it thinner well, and if you, you know, you're wearing it right now, if you take it off, you can see the back does protrude a little bit. The Nemo back protrudes a, a lot less. Mm-hmm. And I was really hopeful for that. Uh, ultimately, the committee, you know, vote by committee wanted to go with the lower price movement. I think that would have been such a great addition to that watch. But, you, you know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, but this Nemo Diver does have that very thin movement. So it comes in about 13 and a half millimeters thick. Amazing, beautiful box sapphire uh it, it just the whole thing's incredible the the markings on this are really interesting uh it's got this you know the the inner this inner uh what do you what do you call the chapter ring mm-hmm. um with these markings really cool colors powder blue green you, you know i think that they're pulling on some of the design cues of of the Halios Seaforth in, in in making these at least in terms of coloration award-winning beads of rice bracelet what more to say right yeah and i don't know that we need to talk about this a lot more because we've talked about it a ton but really super cool watch 
Um, ceramic on the bezel, I'm pretty sure. That's what I got. You want to move on to your second one? Let's go on to number two. So bear with me for a moment here, folks. What are you going to do? What are you doing? Next up, the Timex Navi Harbor. I see you. Okay. Coming in at $135. You're coming, you get, a, I want to say, 100 millimeters of water resistance. 38 millimeter case, though. A very traditionally styled dive watch. Uh, round markers at one, two, a triangle up top, rectangular at uh, three, six, nine. A really cool hour hand. I, I mean, I mean, take a look at that hour hand. It's got a, mm-hmm. w- what looks like it, it should have a Mercedes hand, but it's empty. It's just a, a window through the hour hand that still comes a full circle around with a point to point at the hour hand. I think to be able to read the 24-hour inner ring that you've got there. That is what it's for. Yeah. I mean, it's a really neat design design thing. Uh, and I don't know if that's a throwback to something historical. It, it's You see it and you're like, no shit. Why doesn't that happen? I've never seen it before. I, I can't. I'm sure I have. It would be weird if I haven't, but I, it doesn't stand out in the memory ever having seen it. I don't think I've seen this ever before. And it... It's a, it, I forget the thickness on it. Where are we at here? Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, this doesn't give me a, a thickness because, you know, Timex, right? They're not Timex, yeah. Regardless, we're still looking at a 38 millimeter dive watch that it, it's coming on a nylon brace, on a nylon, uh, I think it's probably a Zulu strap. I yeah, a pass through, some sort probably of. Probably just, just, just a garbage pass through, or who knows? Maybe it's a great pass through. But for a budget watch that you can put on anything you want, put a black NATO on there, put a black Shiznit on there, that's a watch that you could wear under a button-up. Yeah, right. Uh, You know, you could wear this watch anywhere. I I will say, it's not quite as elegant as some of the watches that we've looked at. Definitely not quite as elegant. But what what what, what drew me to it was that size, was being a 38 millimeter with the water resistance you want, and affordable, 135 bucks. This is a watch that isn't obviously going to be able to take the place of an Iron Man that you can take to the same depth. Mm. But you can't wear your Iron Man to dinner. Well, you can. Yeah, but it would... You look like you should be a jerk. You maybe shouldn't. This is a watch that you can wear on vacation. You can go to breakfast in it. You can spend the day in the pool in it. You can swim in the ocean in it. I prefer uh, colder vacations, so this Mexico trip is going to spend a lot of time under a shaded swim-up bar for me. <laughs> um, I have this supple alabaster skin that the sun does not agree with. We did confirm that there was swim-up bars. That was my one requirement. I sort of left it to Kim to to pick the venue, and I said, my one requirement. We can go to any city, any of the resorts, in any of the cities that you've listed the my one requirement is a swim up bar yeah so we've got that <laughs> we've got but that. this is a watch that i would not be embarrassed to wear to dinner no it's a watch that i would not be concerned about in the ocean in the pool it is just refined enough that i could feel like i could wear it to dinner it wouldn't quite fit but it wouldn't be out of place yeah well, and you know, at about half the price probably than skx 013 if that's if that's a, a, a little bit too much to pay now i wouldn't call the 013 a, a skin diver i'm not sure i'd call this a skin diver either but it certainly fits the bill w- w- without that refinement and like i said at about half the price of that skx 013 mm-hmm. it's it's a really great deal you know if you're thinking 
I just want an inexpensive watch to get. But, but I don't know why this wouldn't be a skin diver, barring that it's not quite as refined. Well, and I think that that's what it is for mm-hmm. me, is that instead of being... Which is not to say that it's polished not. It's just not as polished. Well, I don't think there's any polish on it, is there? Um, and it looks like a, like a diver. Yeah, right. You know, you can get, there's a couple of these, um, well, the prices have all changed. So I think the Navi Ocean was 89 bucks when I checked last week, but now it's 140 So, um, yeah, I bet this is the type of watch that if you keep your eyes open, you could get it for under 100 too. Oh, yeah. And this is the Timex website, so I bet on Amazon it would be less. Yeah, I checked and didn't see it for no. less, so um, hard to say. Uh, but this isn't like a hard and fast, this is a skin diver, but I just... Like we said, barring the refinement, that's really the only the only piece that's kind of missing for me. It it, it meets enough of the it meets enough of the mm-hmm. the design cues that that it it certainly works. You, you know, if the goal is to have something that fits under a shirt a, a, a shirt sleeve, what does it say? Shirt collar, a, a wrist collar, <laughs> a, sh- a shirt sleeve. Uh, this is definitely going to accomplish mm-hmm. that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sold on it, but I, insofar as I understand skin divers, this this meets enough of the criteria for me. Well, you know, right before we were recording, I threw out another option, which is that Seiko 50 Fathoms. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, 50 Fathoms is a Blanc Pond watch, but they're I think it's the SNZ G or SNZH, one of the two with that. Um, acrylic bezel or maybe it's a uh, hardlex bezel um i think maybe that fits too i know it's too big mm-hmm. uh but but barring the size i think it really fits i think it's refined i think it's gorgeous you know it's based on the blanc pond 50 fathoms or, or at least it's hearkening back to that which certainly would not have been a skin diver in the 70s or the 60s when that watch was was really in its in its heyday but now i think you could you could wear a blanc pond 50 fathoms with anything you, you, yeah. you know uh, wear that thing with a tuxedo because god damn it it's a you know twenty thousand dollar watch i'm gonna wear whatever the fuck i want so. exactly <laughs> so yeah I, I mean so i i think that there are options here you, you know um and and i i think the biggest thing we've discovered is maybe there's no rules a skin diver is something that you're going to wear in light light swimming activities so no 50 meter mill, 50 meter water resistance activities uh, or 50 meter water resistance watches and we're just going to cut it out so no 50 meter or 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 no water resistant watches you know, right. you know but um c- certainly something with 100 mil- meters of water resistance yeah, that fits it seems like 100 meters plus yeah. So, and and to me, it's got to be smaller. It's got to be 40 millimeters, 40 and a half or less. And and I think maybe in our modern in our modern world, like you might be able to get away with up to 42, depending on the, the overall feel of the watch. But see, then you start getting into what we were talking about earlier, where the modern desk diver has replaced the need for a skin diver. I mean, <clears throat> given, given that, the, the, the SKX would fit. The Mako would fit. The Ray would fit. When I think the the or, the Ray or, or the Mako are a better fit than the SKX, uh, just in terms of of their sort of jewelry or elegance feel. But yeah, I mean, I can see I can see the argument. So okay, 
Okay, I'll, I'll take it back. Reel it in! <laughs> 40 millimeters. Hard and fast rules. So, uh, well, is there more you wanted to say about that watch? No, just that I'm not 100% sold, but I think I think it fits. I think it might. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I, it's 135 bucks. so can do you really go wrong? You, either way, you're going to get a cool watch that you like. Yeah, with an open hour hand on the on the marker or yeah. on the on the hand for when you need that military time for when you need to be at that You're like damn it's right at 10 o'clock but bub. what time is it in 24 <laughs> hour time i gotta wait a couple minutes give me a second here <laughs> um well okay so i told you earlier this week that i, I was thinking about going rogue on my and second you, pick dude you haven't even pulled it up so that's how rogue you've gone well and the reason i haven't pulled it up is because there's not really anything to pull up so you made it up it's an imaginary watch i've made up a watch oh yeah I have not. I have not made up a watch. No, you know, I think that for me, my the most frustrating part about this week was the dearth of options of a true skin diver for poor schmucks like Andrew and Everett. Because it's antiquated. It's not a real thing anymore. It you was, know, but it's not. I'm not going to buy an Aura 65. I want it, though. If you want to send us one or two, send us two if you want to send us one. If you can afford to send us one, you can afford to send us two. Uh, yeah, you know, even the Zodiac Seawolf, that's a $1,200 watch. Beautiful. Gorgeous. I want it. I want it. Again. I'm not buying it. I can't afford it. Send it to yeah. us, y'all. You know, I'm, I can't do it. So, um, and, and when I say I can't afford it, right? I could maybe afford it, but I'm not going to afford it because I want to do other things with that money. So spend it in Mexico. So I was feeling a little sort of frustrated at the dearth of options. And I thought, well, why? if I really wanted a skin diver, wouldn't it be smarter to go find a vintage skin diver? Some sort of vintage Ooh, piece. So you didn't go that rogue. It's not super rogue. And I'll tell you, the reason I think this is a little rogue is because I'm not going to actually suggest a watch. Um, instead, what I'm going to do is, is suggest the idea of buying a vintage Skin Diver watch. I've pulled up a number of these things so we can look at them. Literally, the brand is Skin Diver. R- right. So this is a, this is a Skin Diver, I think, made by Deluxe. Um, you, you know, some of these... Deluxe, I think. Deluxe. So some of these brands are going to be a little bit um, hard to figure out, you, you know. And when I say a vintage skin diver, for me, what that would mean is to find that that arched case, mm-hmm. 38 millimeters or less, probably a steel, paint, painted or polished steel bezel um, with with maybe, you know, I might even try to limit myself to an EPSA case perhaps or a, um, a Monin case maybe. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool find, yeah. Or one of these Squala Super 20 cases. You know, one of these classic skin diver cases with the square lugs, those squared uh, semi-integrated lugs. Find a case with, or find a watch with maybe an Etta movement, something that is, got some history. um, Get something, try not to pay a ton for it. Get it serviced if it hasn't already been been there. Spend, Spend a little bit of money on something vintage cool and sexy that's actually going to fit the bill of a skin diver now because it was made as a skin diver when skin divers were definitely a thing that's right that's right so so i think that sort of outlines two approaches to this one buy a modern mid-size dress watch or two take yourself back in time dress diver or dress watch 
What I say? You said dress watch. No, I mean dress diver. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. I, well, I wasn't sure. I talk stupid. I thought you were saying like maybe buy two watches. You, you know, I do most of the editing. Uh, we split the we split that that chore, but I think it's, really. it's, it's fair to it. say <laughs> I do I do more of it. You know, I listen through these episodes, and sometimes I'll say like diving watch when I mean chronograph. It's like what? What were we? Why? How did we not catch that? Uh, you know, when you're talking. You're having a conversation. You just say stupid shit. I, I do it all the time. Because that's what we're doing. We're having a conversation. Yeah. We're just we're just two dudes drinking beer. Drinking beer. Nicolo Ultra. With blankets stapled to the walls. So <laughs> it's one quilt and <laughs> one beach towel. They do the trick, though. <laughs> the beach towel's going to have to come down. Yeah. yeah well, we, we'll be recording on location. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's going to have to come with us. Dual purpose. So, yeah, our sound dampening. That first week we recorded, we had... There's, we sort of sit up against a wall in our guest bedroom when we record, and there's a flat painted wall in front of us with nothing on it, and a flat painted wall behind us with nothing on it, and we were getting just some echo. We hung up this quilt and this beach towel, which now just live there. I don't even see them anymore. I think our family, when they came for the holidays, were probably like, what the heck is this? But- Tapestries. <laughs> They're we cheap should- tapestries. I want to get some seven, some like 1970s tapestries, but they really do help the echo. They I mean, it changed the game. Totally. It's really incredible. Where were we? Uh, I was talking shit about you. <laughs> okay. So I pulled up some eBay options. So this is a... Somebody pooped on that. Th- <laughs> looks like they did. Yeah. This is a $399. It's branded Skin Diver. I think it's made by a company called Deluxe. There's it- some strange corrosion on the back that is suspiciously... Poopy. Fecally. In- yeah. Yeah. I think there was a medallion that was glued there. Is what it is, but that looks more right. Yeah. So you know, not a ton of money. This is probably a 1970 37 millimeter dress diver. It's really attractive. It's it does everything that I want it to do. Arched case, thin bezel. Um, I'm not sure I'd buy this one. It comes on a cool vintage tropic strap. This is neat. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. Well, I, I like this Elja. I think is the name. This is 17 Rubis. Etanche. That's a cool Inca watch. Blanc. I wouldn't buy that one though. It, you know, it's got this really neat uh, domed acrylic crystal, but again, very fits... Vostok uh, bezel on it, though. Yeah, the the teeth on it are yeah. kind of Vostok like. Um, what was the other one I I like? Oh, this uh, Xilux company. I don't know these brands. This sort of has a sixty two MAS or an SLA zero one seven feel to it. Uh, also, super small. Um, 20 20 atmos so this is a 200 meter watch 255 um you, you know I, I probably won't even put links to these in the show notes but but the point is well, my favorite is this one this is an elgin very patinated skin diver watch that's right. 25 jewel movement it's got this sort of pepsi bezel uh but but the colors are showing green and red and i don't know if it was originally green and red or if they've just faded uh, but this watch is freaking dope. It's cool. Uh, you, you know, I, I think I looked, it was 38 millimeters, maybe 37. Just gorgeous. And, and the Pepsi's east-west. It's not It's not uh, uh, 3 to 9. It's, it's right. 12 to 6. Right, yeah. 50% red, 50% green, or, or perhaps blue at some point. Um, it, it's fitted with this, uh, I, I don't know, it, it doesn't look like it's a, an Elgin bracelet, but it's got this sort of brushed beads of rice style but bracelet. flat. 
That's cool. R- really attractive. You, you know, and the point of these is not to buy these watches. The point of these, this, uh, my second pick, quote unquote pick here, was to say, you, you know, this is a really reasonable, a really reasonable place for me to m- maybe look into my first vintage watch. I think I could justify a vintage skin diver. If you want a skin diver, this might be a reasonable place to start, right? Yeah. Um, and the financial risk is significantly less than buying any of the modern examples we talked about. Well, I think the financial risk is that you're going to get an old automatic watch that doesn't work, that's DOA or that's got significant mechanical problems and that needs, you know, several hundred dollars in servicing, um, which is which is reasonable. I think it's reasonable to think that might happen with these. So, And obviously, you're not going to want to wear this like you'd wear a watch with a 7S26 or an NH35 movement uh, because it's not going to have that type of you know utilitarian durability it's not going to be quote-unquote bulletproof these are old movements and Mm -hmm. and they're antiques uh but but they look so good they look really good now i don't know that if you buy a vintage skin diver you're going to want to use that for this stated purpose i probably wouldn't yeah i mean it seems like that might be a mistake uh but you take your your iron man on vacation wear that for all the all the wet shit and then you put this on at night and you still look cool i don't even like putting my mako in the water <laughs> you know you read about folks so they have like these 300 meter water resistance watches and i don't wear that in the shower i told i wear all my watches in the shower that's not true no you don't you I, can't i don't wear my hk ed in the shower my 1963 i don't wear let's see what else i don't wear any of my watches in the shower if it's a hundred meter watch i wear it in the shower but I don't take the time to, I just, I don't, I don't do that. I don't get it. I put my watch on after I shower. I can put it on when I'm getting dressed. You know what I do with, um, like my SKX gets so much wear that it's always getting a little grubby. I wear that in the shower. To clean it. And I clean it when I'm in the shower. I use my shaving brush. That's what I used to do with my boots. <laughs> yeah, just wash them in the shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shampoo, a... shampoo does really great for rough side out boots. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I've done that before too. Then they're wet for a couple of days. You got to let them dry out. I wear them dry. I'll put them on a boot dryer. Cabela's, yeah, the yeah. the boot dryer. So I gotta get one of those. My boot dryer broke. That sucks. Yeah, forty bucks. I need to just go buy one. It still sucks. I mean, it's. I think I might want buy one of the four boot versions because when we come home with wet boots, it's always four pair of wet boots. There's so. only one pair of wet boots I care about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fair. So yeah, yeah. My second pick, not really a pick at all, but. But more of a of it's an a pick. Idea. It's in a. It's. I mean, in the same way, a pick of of the Timex Nav Harbor is. I mean, there's the Nav Ocean. There's a whole series of it. I mean, usually we recommend watches. They they're from a member of a family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and that's right. So that that's the family being that traditional skin diver style. Now, I, I, what I like about that is you do get that traditional styling, that nice squared. Because that's when it's from. Loves. That's when it existed. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, and I think you could be as creative as you wanted. Um, I I think that you could certainly, certainly spend two thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollars on this project if that's what you wanted to do. Uh, but I also think you could get into something for under five hundred bucks serviced that fits the bill, mm-hmm. maybe from an obscure Swiss brand. Uh, or or maybe a a French brand or an Italian brand, you know, something you've never heard of before. That you know, you know, well, this was a small known house that was buying Epsa cases, and it's got kind of a junky movement in it, but it'll run. And 
wear it and love it. So, yeah. That's what I have, man. What matters is that if you see it, you like it. Yeah. I cannot believe we're at an hour and two minutes right now. Me either. Other stuff you like, Andrew, go. Here's the deal. Since it's New Year's, and in honor of that, I'm going to talk about my New Year's resolution. Ooh-wee. I suck at New Year's resolutions because I always say something dumb. This year, my New Year's resolution, I set a smart goal. Okay. Planned it out. Ooh. I'm going to read 60 books this year. That's a lot of books. It's a lot of books. I'm going to listen to 12 at least. Uh, are, do the 12 count towards your 60? No. Oh. We're doing we're doing two at a time. So I'm going to read 15 biographies. I'm going to read 15 historical fiction or non-fictions, 15 novels, and 15 classics. I like it. Yeah. Well, so what what do you do if you get behind? Read more. Okay. <laughs> you don't have a contingency. No, I don't have a contingency because who has a contingency for their for their New Year's resolution anyway? Most people are like, yeah. I'm going to lose weight. And then they pick a McDonald's hungover on New Year's Day. <laughs> I want that right now. So do I. <laughs> but, so this is the first year I'm setting a very deliberate annual goal. I won't even, I don't know if it can be a resolution. But I'm setting the goal this year to read 60 books. What's book number one? I mean, you, I assume you've started already. Yeah, so I started already. Right now I'm reading American Lion by John Meacham. It is a biography of Andrew Jackson starting at, I mean, there's obviously like early life, but it's primarily focused around his presidency. Uh, And I'm listening to the Hamilton biography by Ron Chernow. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, So, so I, I suspect that if you get behind, like come November, I'll be like, what book are you reading right now? (laughs) American Lion by uh, John Meacham. I'm reading, I'm reading an Archie comic book. It's a classic. It's from the seventies. Yeah. I should be able to finish it this afternoon. <laughs> that's but that's my goal. All right, great. Do you have you picked? Have you sort of out started to outline what books you're going to read? Started to. So next book in line is the George Washington biography, uh, by also by Chernow. I like his writing style. Um, I'm listening to Hamilton. I I love the way he writes. So I figured I would read one of his books, and then figure out the next biography in there. My wife got the Michelle Obama biography for Christmas. So that might be book number three. Love it. I haven't read it. I don't know. No, I love it. I'm excited. I, th- I think she's awesome. Yeah. So um, is there a book that you're the most excited to read? No. So my what I want to do with this is books I've never read before. Okay. Which sucks because I've got some really good books on my shelf that, I ha- that I've read a number of times. That you want to get through again. That I want to get through again. But I'm going to do all books I haven't read before. So, so is there is there a book that you've thought about that you you're you're just stoked about coming coming down the pipe or audiobook? Yes, I downloaded uh, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. Nice, as read by uh, Nick Offerman. Very good. Yeah, very cool. Was it you that was telling me about the Nick Offerman fireplace? Yeah, he did a uh, Yule log um, a couple years ago for. Um, everyone's seen the, the Yule log on Netflix that just is a fireplace that burns. He did one a couple years ago, uh, in partnership with Logavulin, Logavulin, Logavulin. I don't know. I've never, one of those two. I've never heard someone say it who I can say with confidence that they're saying it right. Anyway, he did Logavulin. Logavulin. Anyway, he, (laughs) he did a Yule fire. Uh, it was like 16 minutes long and he just set in silence next to a fireplace sipping scotch i love it it was genius 
I love it. Well, good. I, I'm, I'm stoked about your resolution. Uh, I, I'll uh, continually probably proud you about your progress. Because, right, you're at 1.2 books a week or something like that is what you have to do. Neighborhood, yeah. yeah. I watch a lot of TV. I know. <laughs> so uh, that's what it's it's phasing out television. All right. That's smart. I mean, I'm a third of the way through the... I mean, I've been reading for three days. I'm a third of the way through the... I also read fast. So that's okay. part of it is I'm a quick reader. Um, so I'm about a third of the way through the American Lion. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll you'll have to keep us updated. I'm if have to you're bring reading, a couple to Mexico. Reading fun books. Yeah. Cool. So my, my other thing, this is not a new thing in my life. This is an older thing in my life, but it's something I thought about this week. Um, David Hobby is a fairly famous photographer he was for many 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 years a photojournalist i think for the baltimore sun and in the late 2000 in the late aughts as it were uh the baltimore sun was sort of winding down its staff and i think david hobby knowing or maybe uh reading the tea leaves took a buyout from them before he got shit canned and dedicated his life to being a blogger and he started a blog called strobus.com. Mm-hmm. It is a blog dedicated to flash photography. Okay. Flash photography. Now, um, it's n- maybe not what everybody's thinking about, or maybe it is, but his approach to flash photography is, is a couple things. One, it's cheap. Two, it's incredibly easy. Three, uh, figuring out how to do it manually is easier than you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so much fun. It will totally open the door to uh, taking pictures that you never thought you could take. And he's got a couple of online classes, I'll call them. And, he, and I think he calls them lessons or, or classes, um, which, are, which are a series of blog posts. So there's Lighting 101, Lighting 102 lighting 103 and there's a couple of others in his set i have probably read through lighting 101 at this point 15 times and and i and i know i've recommended it to you and whether or not you've read it is is your own business but he does manual off-camera flash photography in a way that is very approachable uh, in a way that's cheap You, you know ttl lenses for canon or nikon or or even fuji our entry level for each strobe is about 400, but you can get, and that's entry level for mm-hmm. not a great, for not a great strobe. But in, in today's day and age, you can get Yongnuo is a company I really like. I think he, there's a company he likes called Loma Pro um, that make these manual non TTL flashes where you're forced to figure out how much light do I need to light this, this subject. And, and you know, if you're in a studio environment, you can dial your flash in pretty easily. And, you know, and then what's this dial is dialed. Yeah, we well, might need to change it, but his approach to it is really simple. You know, try putting the flash here. Try and put the flash here. Try putting another flash twenty feet behind your subject and flash that wall and find out what it's going to do. So it's it's this. I think each very experimental driven. Yeah, right. Which I think which I think lighting is. I- I'll tell you, for me as a photographer, it totally changed the way I approach photography. Uh, opened my eyes to just how much fun you can have. I now at this point have, I think, uh, two cheap Yongnuo Chinese flashes that have never let me down, not a single time. They're extremely well-powered, 
and I think I paid for a remote and two flashes less than $150 for the wow. full setup. Mm-hmm. 40 bucks, you know, I've, I've bought more than this stuff now, but started with a $40 sort of lighting stand, umbrella kit, all in one, you know, two stands, umbrellas, everything you need to get started for under 200 bucks. All, all of that stuff's usable with my, with my Nikon equipment. And it totally opened up the door to taking so many cool pictures. You know, I've taken family pictures. Lighting or, is a game changer for photography. It's a game and it's changer. A, it's a... People, for people getting into photography, it cannot be emphasized enough how important lighting is. And, and it's so fun. It's so fun to go from taking snapshots that are, that are really very blah or, or amateurish looking, from going to that to having, you know, a, maybe you can get a Nikon D3300 for, you know, or 3100 shit for 150 bucks get a nifty 50 for another 150 bucks and get $200 worth of lighting equipment for 500 bucks right now tonight on eBay. That was fast math. You can get a full setup and take amazing mm-hmm. professional level portraits in your living room immediately right now tonight. Well, in two days when it comes from Amazon. Right, right. Two days. Free shipping. Amazon Prime. Yeah. We get, we, they pay us a lot for that. I wish they did. I've earned my, like every year, <laughs> but usually by about February, I've earned my prime value. If not in TV shows, certainly in shipping. I mean, yeah, we we're, we, we buy stuff on Amazon all the time. So, But the why I'm recommending this Lighting 101 class from David Hobby, you don't pay a dime. You don't pay a dime. He, he advertises traditionally. It's just a blog, so you can go and read it today. Is that it gives you so much confidence. He says, try this thing out. You load up your prime lens or, or whatever, you know, even if you just have a kit lens or, 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 or shit, even if you just have a, um, a, a, a maybe a, a point and shoot, you, you mm-hmm. know, something with a hot shoe, you can get started for almost nothing under 500 bucks or, you know, under 200 bucks if you already have the point and shoot and take these pictures in your front room that are going to blow your mind mm-hmm. doing these really simple things he tells you. It's been so much fun for me. Uh, and, and I think if you have any interest in it, you should just do it. Check out, go read Lighting 101. You can get through the whole series in probably about an hour. Like I said, I've read it 10 or 15 times at this point. And skip the skin diver. And skip the skin diver. Because we don't know what a skin diver is. Yeah. Go buy, go buy some off-camera flash equipment and really have a lot of fun because a skin diver is not going to be as fun as flash equipment probably not no no definitely not do it and also or buy, s- send and also your skin diver. <laughs> just donate it write it off <laughs> buy some flash photography stuff right you, you know i would give someone all of my lighting equipment if they had like a like a service big mac vintage <laughs> uh hoyer skin diver you can have all 200 of my lighting equipment 200 dollars worth so used condition by you know stored in a drawer as is (laughs) i think that's it man send me your advice on books i'm gonna run out of my ideas pretty quickly oh yeah that's that's a great idea so for for next week we need to hear hear some of you guys send send some advice for Andrew, what, what to read next. I want to see lots of Mishner. I created four categories, but I'm open to other categories. The four categories made sense to me. Hey, you can fit all you can historic fit... nonfiction, classics, novels. You it can fit everything that's ever been written fits into one of those four categories. Truth. So send me your advice. I'm getting literate this year. I, ew, I was really impressed when you learned how to read last year. Yeah. And now you're reading novels. Yeah. It's a good job. 
right? I listen to most of them, but... <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bumming on Tremolo by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.